the stories of mahabharata retold by sudipta bhaumik dear friends welcome to another episode of the stories of mahabharata in the previous episode we learned that the pandavas established their kingdom in khandava with indraprastha as their capital we also heard how arjuna had to go on a self imposed exile to honor the code of conduct they had set up regarding draupadi's companionship From Manipur, Arjuna reached the land of the five holy lakes, Agastya, Saubhadriya, Paulam, Karandham and Bharadwaj. But he was puzzled to see that no pilgrims were bathing in the holy waters. When he inquired, the pilgrim said, Oh, these waters are infested with five ferocious crocodiles. Anybody who dared to step into the water was sure to die in the jaws of those monsters. Hearing this, Arjuna took off his clothes and stepped into the waters of the lake Saubhadriya. The pilgrims screamed in fear and pleaded him to come back. But Arjuna didn't listen. The moment he took a dip, a huge crocodile pounced on him. the crocodile grabbed one of his legs and pulled him into the deep waters but the crocodile was no match for a powerful man like arjuna soon arjuna overpowered the beast and pulled it out of the water but the moment the crocodile touched the land it transformed into a beautiful maiden dressed in colorful clothes and ornaments the woman bowed in front of arjuna and said i am apsara varga Kuvera's consort thank you for rescuing me Arjuna knew that apsaras were celestial maidens and had many mystical powers but why would an apsara live in a lake as a crocodile Varga said many years ago i was walking in the forest with four of my apsara friends we saw a young and handsome brahmin sitting under a tree and studying the scriptures He was so focused in his studies that he didn't care to look at us for once. My friends and I had a naughty idea to seduce the young man and break his concentration. We came close to him and tried all kinds of tricks to seduce him. The young Brahmin finally stopped his study and looked at us. But instead of being attracted to us, he became angry. He cursed us that we turn into ugly crocodiles and live in the waters for hundreds of years and devour the brahmins and pilgrims. We cried and pleaded, "Please, please forgive us for our mischievous behavior. Please withdraw your curse." Later, the brahmin had pity on us and said, "I cannot withdraw my curse, but if any strong and powerful man can pull you out of the waters, you will be rescued and get back your apsara form later we met rishi narada he instructed us to come to these five lakes 
and said that one day Arjuna of the great Kuru race will grant your deliverance. Varga stopped for a while and then said, Since then, we have been waiting here for your arrival. Arjuna, please be kind and pull out my other four friends from their misery. One by one, Arjuna stepped into the other lakes and pulled out the four Apsaras, Sauravai, Samichi, Vududa and Lata, and granted them their deliverance. For a while, Arjuna was missing his wife, Chitrangada, and his son, Babrubahan. So he went back to Manipur to spend some time with them. Later, he handed over Babrubahan to his grandfather, King Chitrabahana, and said, O king, as I had promised, here is your descendant, Babrubahan. He then turned to Chitrangada and said, I must leave now. Chitrangada's eyes filled with tears. Arjuna consoled her, Don't be sad, Chitrangada, for now you must stay here to bring up your son, Babrubahan. When he grows up, come to Indraprastha. We can then live together forever. Saying so, Arjuna bade goodbye to his wife, Chitrangada, his son, Babrubahana, and his father-in-law, King Chitrabahana of Manipur and began his long journey to the western shores of India. After visiting several pilgrimages on the western seashores, Arjuna arrived in the city of Prabhasha. There he met his dearest friend and cousin, Lord Krishna. After spending some time in Prabhasha, Krishna took Arjuna to the beautiful Raivatak mountains which was getting ready for a grand festival. Performers, musicians, dancers, acrobats from all over were setting up their shows. Krishna and Arjuna went around to see the arrangements, enjoyed some of the performances and then proceeded to Krishna's capital, Dwarka. The citizens of Dwarka crowded the streets to see the great Pandava hero, Arjuna. The gallant men of the Voja, Vrishni and the Andhaka tribes, all descendants of the Yadu dynasty, received Arjuna with great love and warmth. Arjuna felt overwhelmed by their hospitality. Few days later, in the Raivatak mountains began the festival of the Vrishni and the Andhaka tribes. Thousands of people from Dwarka travelled to the Raivatak mountains with their families and friends to enjoy the festivities. The mighty warriors like Pradyunma, Sambhya, Akrura, Sarana, Satyaki and many others arrived with their wives and families. Krishna's brother, Balarama, went around drunk and was having a great time with his wife. Krishna and Varjuna walked around the festival grounds and enjoyed the fun and frolic. One day, a beautiful woman caught Arjuna's attention. She was dressed in gorgeous silk and golden ornaments and looked as pretty as a celestial apsara. Arjuna just couldn't keep his eyes off her. Krishna noticed Arjuna's distraction. He laughed and said, It seems the great ascetic's mind has been flooded with desire. 
Arjuna was embarrassed. Krishna said, By the way, the lady you have been smitten by happens to be my half-sister, Subhadra. She is the favorite of my father. If you like her, I can propose my father on your behalf. Arjuna said, O Krishna, it will be an honor to have your sister Subhadra as my wife. But how do you suggest I win her? Krishna smiled and said, Well, if I tell my father, he can arrange for her Sayamvara. But do you want to take that chance? A woman's mind is unpredictable, you know, and there is no guarantee that she'd pick you as her husband. So I think the most assured way is to abduct her by force. Abduct her? Your sister? Arjuna was quite surprised to hear this from Krishna. Krishna said, Why not? This is an acceptable and appropriate option for a Kshatriya to win his bride. You aren't committing any crime. Arjuna still couldn't believe what he was hearing. But but what about your family? Won't they be upset? And I am not sure how my family, especially Yudhishthira, would take this. Krishna said, Let me worry about my family. I am sure I can handle them. And you, take care of your family. Send a messenger to Indraprastha and ask Yudhishthira for his opinion. I am quite sure you won't object. Right away, a messenger was sent to Indraprastha and he came back with the good news. Yudhishthira has granted his permission. Krishna then told Arjuna, Now you prepare yourself. Arrange for a fast and robust chariot and load it up with all the weapons you can. You may have to face a stiff challenge from Subhadra's bodyguards and the other Vrishni warriors. Tomorrow morning, when Subhadra finishes her morning prayers at the temple in Raivatak, you take her on your chariot and drive off to Indraprastha. Arjuna did exactly as he was instructed. The next morning, as if going on a hunting trip, Arjuna left Krishna's palace in a golden chariot driven by four horses. The chariot was loaded with weapons of all kinds. Arjuna reached the top of the Raibadak mountains and hid behind the temple. Just when Subhadra finished her worship and came out of the temple, Arjuna jumped out of his hiding, grabbed her hand and pulled her into his chariot. And before her startled bodyguards could do anything, Arjuna sped off with Subhadra. The guards ran to the chief officer in the court of Sudharma and complained about Subhadra's abduction. The panicked officer blew the trumpet, calling all to arms. The Yadavas were enjoying the sleep after a long night of whining and dining. The sound of the trumpet woke them up. They scrambled to pick up their arms and arrived at the court of Sudharma. And when they heard that Arjuna has forcefully taken away their princess Subhadra, they were furious. The Kuru prince has insulted us. He must be punished, shouted one of them. Our honor is at stake. We cannot let this happen, shouted the others. The Pandavas will have to pay for this. Let's declare war on Indraprastha, some chanted. Balarama and Krishna had also arrived in the court. But Krishna was sitting in one corner of the room and watched the pandemonium as it happened. Balarama noticed Krishna's indifference. He raised his hand to stop the Yadavas. 
you fools. Why are you shouting without knowing what Krishna has to say about this? He said. Why is he silent? It is because of him we had treated Arjuna with so much love and respect. But that ungrateful brute did not deserve our hospitality. Arjuna has disgraced us by stealing Subhadra and I won't tolerate this insolent behavior. I will wipe out the Kuru dynasty from the face of the earth. The Yadavas supported him with a thundering applause. At this moment, Krishna rose from his seat and said, You are making a huge mistake. Arjuna didn't insult us. Rather, his action can only bring us honor. Arjuna didn't expect that we'd sell our woman for wealth. Neither did he want to take any chances with the Sayamvara. So he did what is right for a Kshatriya to do. Forcefully abduct the woman he loves. That is an acceptable option in our tradition. He paused for a moment and then continued. Arjuna is born of the great Bharata Shantanu race. He is the son of Kunti, our Kunti Bhoja's daughter. He is indomitable in the battlefield and is the greatest warrior on earth. Who wouldn't want him as a groom? I suggest you go and try to bring him back with nice words. If you try to fight him, he will defeat you. And that would only bring us infamy and dishonor. But if you ask him politely and accept him as Subhadra's husband, then it would only bring us honor. Arjuna is our cousin by relation and I am sure he will be nice with you. Krishna's advice brought some sense back into the Yadavas. They sent a small team to bring back Arjuna to Dwarka. There, Arjuna was married to Subhadra in a gala ceremony. Arjuna spent one year in Dwarka with his newly wedded wife Subhadra. Then he spent the rest of his exile period in Pushkar before returning to Indraprastha. After arriving in Hastinapur, Arjuna and Subhadra paid their respects to Yudhishthir and the other elders and Brahmins. Then Arjuna went to see Draupadi. He stepped into the room and saw Draupadi standing near the window looking outside. Arjuna came close and said, Draupadi, I have come back to you. Won't you greet me? Draupadi didn't even look at him. With a calm voice, she said, Arjuna, you'd rather go back to Subhatra, you know. An old knot loosens when you tie a new one. Arjuna felt ashamed. Forgive me, Draupadi, he said. When I met Subhadra, I was, I was tired and lonely. I couldn't control myself and I married Subhadra because that was the most honorable thing to do. But believe me, I could never forget you. You were always in my mind and you will always be. Please forgive me. But Draupadi didn't give an inch. Arjuna went back to Subhadra and told her, Subhadra, you will have to win Draupadi's hurt. With Arjuna's advice, Subhadra went to Draupadi dressed in a poor farmer woman's clothes. She knelt in front of Draupadi and said, O queen, I am here to serve you. Please accept me as your maid. Draupadi smiled 
and pulled her to her breast in a warm embrace. May your husband have no enemies, she blessed Subhatra. Few days later, Krishna and Balarama arrived in Indraprastha to visit their sister Subhadra and her in-laws, the Pandavas. They brought with them carts full of precious gifts and presents. They had a great time together in Indraprastha for a few weeks. Later, Balarama and the rest of the Yadavas went back to Dwarka while Krishna stayed back to enjoy a few more days with his best friend Arjuna. Together, they strolled along the banks of the river Yamuna. They discussed about various political, social and military issues and hunted for wild boars in the nearby forests. Arjuna and Krishna thus built a bond so strong that it shaped the future in more ways than one. The Stories of Mahabharata is written, directed and told by Shudipta Bhamek. Audio engineering, original music and sound design by Avi Ziv. The podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons non-commercial license. Find us online at facebook.com slash Mahabharata podcast. Join the group for updates and news. Subscribe to the podcast using iTunes or any podcast catcher.